We present Frankie Howard. With June Whitfield and Ray Fell. And here's Frankie. Thank you. Now, thank you very much. <clears throat> now, ladies and gentlemen, um, no, no, don't. Listen, no, listen, look at all there. No, no, listen, there's all beads that dangling here. Get your beads up, love. That's it. I, I don't know if it, you can notice, but tonight I feel limp. I feel limp. Now, I just, I feel, I don't know, I can't see. I know why. I've had a shocking week. Oh, terrible. You see, the man who runs this place, what's his name? The man with the big... Money runs the BBC thing. No, I'm the big, you know, this enormous, uh, what he's got two, right? what's his, uh, what's his name, Thing, you know, Thing. Yeah, well, you see, he invited me round to dinner. It was about, oh, just over two weeks ago. Dinner at his place at Epsom, a lovely house, you know, gorgeous place at Epsom. And, and marvellous time. Give me the, oh, give me the lot, full, uh, treatment. You no know, silver service, best china, oh yes. And the pork pie wasn't bad either. <laughs> and after the nosh, after the nosh, the ladies retired. And they took their, uh, brandy and cigars with them. And this, uh, man, what's his name? Cling, you see, asked me to go into the library. So I thought, what do you want? So he said, I've got a job for you. I wanted the guards, you know, look after someone, you see. He said, my uh, offspring, my son, is a bit of a, you know, a tearaway, he said, and I'm going away for a couple weeks' holiday, so I want you to look after him. I want you to be a sort of au pair sort of thing. I said, well, I've got the O. I said, it's... <laughs> I haven't got a pair, though. I said, I don't know what... <laughs> so he said, we don't want any facetiousness. So anyway, but I, before I could say money, he was gone. I was left there, stuck there. Anyway... About half an hour later, this, this, this son of the house came back. He was the, the Che Guevara of Epsom. He was standing in front of me, covered from head to foot in hair. Head to foot, he was all hairy. I didn't know he had, had any clothes on till he moved. Anyway, the thing was, he was decadent. I said, now look, he started, I said, look, comb your face while you talk to me. Because <laughs> I could be very sarcastic in a crisis. So I thought to myself, I'll start with a bit of discipline. Put me foot down. Now I said, and where? Do you think you're going tonight? And you know what he, what he said? I'm going to an orgy. And also I thought, now I must have discipline. Discipline. I had to be shown the way back to the paths of righteousness. So I looked at him straight in the hair. And I said, look, I absolutely insist, I'm adamant that you are back here in the house from the orgy by 11 o'clock. See? Because it's the only language they understand, you know, some of these. Yes. It was then I found out I discovered his interest in the medical profession. Hit me over the head with a first aid box. <laughs> when I came to, two days later, he confessed to me he wanted to be a doctor. Yes, what he said, he wanted to be a doctor. But he, he, didn't, he didn't fancy this old GP, you know, say, 99, drop your trousers, the routine, all that. <laughs> or he didn't want to do operations. So I said to him, now, listen to France's expert advice. And before you can say double hernia, you will be taking... Shut your mouth. You will be taking... <laughs> Are you egg bound here, sat there, Kathleen? <laughs> Go on, we'll have a night out. Yes. Undo, that's right. Undo yourself. Have a night out. Yes. No. Where was I? You put me off. Go. No. And I said, now look, before you can say double hernia, you'll be taking your hypocritical oath. Now I said, 
my advice to you was very simple. I said, choose a portion of the human anatomy and specialise in it. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, be careful with the bits you choose, because thereby hangs your future. Right. Right. right, ladies, look at the mush there. Now, I said, don't hurry. I said, choose a part of the body, then go home, I said, and sleep on it. I said, he did. He did, he went numb. <laughs> Don't laugh, missus. It'll be very painful having a numb tum. Anyway, mind you, I'll tell you something. I've got a rare medical condition myself, you know. I have. I'm allergic to my secretary. Miss, oh, you know her. Oh, Miss Lyon. Poor old soul. Ah, what a huge pile of mail, Miss Lyon. Miss C. Lyon. That one's for you, Miss C. Lyon. So this one's for you, Miss C. Lyon. Miss C. Lyon, they're all for you. Well, I asked them to send my letters here, Mr. Howard. Did you? Because I left home when they arrive, you see. Uh. Because I leave home so early. So I get them earlier if I get them here. Because I don't get them at home until I get home. But I get them here before I get home. Usually. <laughs> now, let's go on to my letters, Miss Lyme. Ah, now this letter's for me, the occupier. No, no, that's for me as well. It's my rent rebate. Oh, charming. Miss Lyme, Miss Lyme, Miss, Miss Gloria Morningdew, the devil's she. Oh, I'm Miss Gloria Morningdew, Mr. What? Howard. Yes, I sent a letter to the magazine Rivelli. They won't publish it. Well, they have. Have they? Yes, here's the copy in which it appeared. Oh, do read it, Mr. Howard. Uh, all right. Uh, what is it now? Deaf Sid. Deaf Sid. Oh, that should have been Dear Sir. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I have a collection of more than 8,000 cigarette cups. Carps? Cigarette cups? Cigarette cards. Cards. Yes. I'm sad. I thought it was a moment of smoked fish. I see. <laughs> Deaf Sid. I have a collection of more than 8,000 cigarette cards from all four corners of the glove. <laughs> If your readers have any unusual examples, I would be grateful if they could bend them to me. <laughs> Yours faithfully, Gloria Morningdew, Miss. Well, I'm sorry to say it wasn't one of my better typing days. I'm sorry to say it was one of your better typing days. Oh, dear. I used the false names because I was afraid you might dismiss me if you found out. How could I? Now, how could I? I mean, unless a seven like you, you were in a field of your own, aren't you? Oh. Silly cow. <laughs> Mr. Howard! Let them laugh, let them laugh, Miss Lyme. It's not often they do, we must make the most of it. Now, on with the letters. That's for you. Miss Roma... This from... What's this? Miss Ramona Nightingale? Oh, yes, that's my letter to the Daily Mirror. I wrote for advice. Oh, I must read this. This is the reply, is it? Dear Miss Nightingale, there is nothing unusual in having a boss who complains about your untidy drawers. Your complaints are unfounded, and we advise you to drop them. <laughs> That's nice, isn't it? Miss Lyme, I have never complained about your mode of dress, and you know it. Oh, well, I'm rather glad of that, because I was thinking of wearing a miniskirt. Oh, I wouldn't. It wouldn't go with your wellies. <laughs> or your crash helmet. Oh, no. And, I mean, Miss Lyme, fancy using the word drawers like that. You must have known what people would think. Well, I am sorry, Mr. Howard. I... Oh, look. There's a letter for you at last. Uh, yes, about time. I'll take that. Oh, it's a reply to my letter from Marjorie Proops. <laughs> Here we are. Dear Shaky of the Elephant and Castle. <laughs> my advice to you is quite simple. 
if you're worried about your secretary's bloomers, pull the blinds down and wear dark glasses. What is I've had a lot, a lot of opportunities to travel. That's the great thing about theatre. A lot of opportunities to travel. Because your comic's always on the move, you know. Always on the move. Well, I am. Well, I have to. It's on my audience. I have to be. I, I've been everywhere. Have you been? Uh, oh, I've been to where? Oh, Russia. I've been to Russia. And uh, devoted followers of my life history would not be surprised to learn that everything did not run smoothly in Russia. Ladies and gentlemen, I had calamity in the Caucasus. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. I had unpleasantness in the Urals. How do you like your cell, Mr. Howard? Well, it's better than my hotel room, I must say. Now we will try again, English spy. What are you doing in Russia? I told you I'm on a package tour. Where have you delivered the package? There isn't any package. Where have you been on this package tour without the package? I... I have been everywhere. I've been seeing Russia gradually, step by step. You see? Step by step. <laughs> they can see. Why can't you? I've been to Omsk, Tomsk and Minsk. Why did you go to Minsk? To buy Minsk pie. <laughs> it's, it's witty, isn't it? Please yourselves. Where did you get all these Russian yokes? Oh, I'm sorry. You see, I can't seem to kick the habit. As the mule said to the monk. The mule said... <laughs> I've slipped another yoke in. That laid an egg, didn't it? Now he's making cracks. Now we turn to Moscow, yes. English spy. Your what? first night at dinner. What? what did you say to the writer? To the waiter? I'll tell you what I said to the waiter. <laughs> There's an earwig in my soup. That's what I said. Because that is the secret password and you thought he was a British spy, yes? No, 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 because there was an earwig in my soup. That's why. And what did the waiter say to you? He said, don't shout or they're all one one. <laughs> no, that is a good yoke. Oh, I see you like the old ones. Silence! Now. What? Later that night, what did you say to the reception clerk? I said, there are two green spiders crawling in my bath. There is nothing unusual in that. You didn't see where they were crawling. <laughs> so, two green spiders crawling in my bath. Yes. Ah, code. Yeah, pardon? Code. Oh, I know. Bitter. It's bitter tonight, isn't it? Code. Yes, there's a draft in here. Why? We know you were speaking in code. We no. have translated this using the third digital system. It but... means there are two secret rocket establishments nine miles north of Smolensk. Rubbish. Entry for June 6th. Yes. Read it, please. 0015 Hilda. So, you are agent 0015, codenamed Hilda. I was meeting Hilda Plumstone behind the fish market, 0015, quarter past midnight. What for? For a bit. A bit of what? A bit of information? A bit of the other. The other what? Ah, the other Germany. Oh, no. The other nothing. I mean, sex. And what was in the sex? <laughs> Sweet Fanny Adams. 
I thought you said her name was Hilda. Look, I'm an innocent tourist. Do I look like a spy going on a package tour with no package and meeting sweet Fanny Adams and a, to get sacks of nothing from the other nothing? You're a spy and I know it. You don't. Now there is a visitor for you from the British Embassy. Come in, Mrs. Crichton Evans. Oh, thank you. Jolly good. Hello, Mr. Howard. Keeping our pecker up, are we? Jolly good. You may have five minutes together. Oh, don't be so cruel. Make it two. <laughs> Shut up, English spy. I will be back later tonight. Oh. Goodbye. All right. Hey, Musky, what about one for the road? Certainly. <laughs> oh, that was a nice whip. That was a nice whip round. Thank you. Two secret rocket establishments. Nine miles north of Smolensk. Yes. There's a nice pie at Minsk. <laughs> and there was an earwig in the soup. What was it doing? The breaststroke. <laughs> it's our true start. Don't you start. <laughs> my show business career, you know, has brought me into contact with some very, you know, sort of colourful people, you know, sort of different types of people, because I once shared a, a dressing room, you know, with a, a bearded lady. That was a ticklish situation. <laughs> <laughs> then there was a lady, we had a lady, a lady magician, a lady magician who, uh, who couldn't resist male singers. She'd do anything for a tenor. Then we had, uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, one night we went out for a drive, this lady magician. I, I tried a bit of magic on her myself. I turned into a lay-by. I turned into... They're coming thick and fast now. How dare you? And this illusionist... Uh, we had an illusionist, uh, illusionist and, he, and he had a wonderful illusion. He thought he was good. And then he was like a hypnotist. We had a hypnotist, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this girl and I, one day this hypnotist practised on us in the dressing room, you see... And then he left us, me and this girl, all alone, hypnotised. Hypnotised, it was a very embarrassing situation, I tell you. I don't feel hypnotised, do you, Francis? Of course I don't. Load of nonsense. I mean, does he really expect that we'll stop being sexy every time we hear the word kiss? The word kiss? Or that yeah. we'll start being sexy every time we hear the word every time we hear the word cabbage. Yeah. Cabbage. Oh, Francis, I love you. I love you. Oh, 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 oh Esmeralda. Oh, kiss oh, me. Is your coffee all right? That's very nice, thanks. Oh. <laughs> Ridiculous. According to him, you wouldn't even know you'd been hypnotized. I mean, you'd bound to be bound to remember, wouldn't you? What? You'd be bound to remember if you'd gone all sexy just because you'd heard the word cabbage. Oh, Esmeralda. <laughs> oh, Francis, hold me tight. <laughs> Oh, I'm overcome with emotion. Your lips are like rubies. In fact, rubies' lips aren't as nice as yours. Oh. Oh, as... Oh, as, as, oh, I'm dribbling with passion. Esmeralda, kiss me. Milk? Oh, yes. Yeah. Just a little, just a bit of top of milk, yes. I mean, anyway, it'd be the other way round, Why? wouldn't it? Well, I mean, you'd be made sexy by the word kiss. Yes, and you'd be turned off forever if anyone said cabbage. Oh, first. Oh, 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 o
so excited since I sued my husband for divorce. Oh, your ex has never been so excited. No. Oh, Francis, kiss me. Uh, sugar? Yes, please. <laughs> what do you think of the lunch today? Well, I like the beef. Did you? And the soup. What about the vegetables? Well, the potatoes and the carrots and the onions were all right. But, you know... I thought they'd overcooked the cabbage. Oh, where's my mind? Oh, oh, no, oh, mind. Take off your jacket. Take off my jacket, yes. Kiss me. Oh, kiss me. Um. Oh, see, you've got your jacket half off. Oh, so I have half forward. Oh. Lord. You don't think the hypnotism can be working, do you? I don't think I so. Well, I mean, do you think we went sexy after I said... C-A-B-B-A-G-E. C-A-B-A-G-E. Well. No, C-A-B-B-A-G-E. Oh, cabbage. Oh, my What? Make love to me. Lie oh. here beside oh, me. Oh, come off. Go on. Let's go on. Go on. What bliss. Kiss me. What are you doing? Get off. Oh. <laughs> if I only I said kiss, I would have to say kiss. This is the worst of both worlds, isn't it? We keep stopping and starting. It's neither one thing nor t'other. No, I'm going to go and get him to come and unhypnotise. I wish you would, girl. I'm, I'm exhausted. Come in. God. It's Sadie Simpkins, the sex mad soprano. Isn't the hypnotist clever? Do you know he's made me act sexily every time I hear the word Brussels sprouts? Brussels sprouts? Oh, Francis! Oh, oh. Um, uh, 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 Francis, kiss me. Kiss me, that's better. She'll stop now. Kiss me, kiss me. Oh, kiss, no, it doesn't work with her. Kiss me. What stops her? Um, pencil, cornflakes, eggs, book, sausage. Uh, crumpet. Oh, 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 don't you start, girl. Don't you start. Don't you start there are a lot of officials around these days, don't you think so? I mean, there's the eurocrat, the bureaucrat, the technocrat. I think there's all load of crap myself. <laughs> I'm sorry, I do. It's all rules. All rules! I was down the London Underground. There was a notice saying, dogs must be carried. I haven't got a dog. <laughs> I, had to buy, I had to go and buy a cocker spaniel just to go to Cockfoster. <laughs> I was on the platform, man said, a man said, mind the doors. I said, mind them yourself. I said, it's your job. I'm not doing this job. I'm quick with it, you know, I'm quick. Let's change the subject to literally, to literally. I joined the lo local literary society, the Pen Club, you know. Yes, Pen Club. They sent me a subscription form yesterday. Five pounds, 20 pence. Pay half now, half in six months' time. So I've done that. Pay 20 pence a day, and I'll pay the five pounds in six months. <laughs> went to my first meeting yesterday. I, oh, I must say, I went over well. Created a big sort of you know, impression. Ah. I'm a new member, Francis Howard, scribbler, raconteur, and wit. I am Neath Ap Llewellyn. Suppose you could say I'm the celebrity of the pen club. I see, you're his nibs. Oh! <laughs> Francis is sharp today. Most amusing. Have you entered a poem for this month's poetry competition, Mr. Hard? Yes, I've scribbled a little ode. Francis has a little ode for you. Do recite it to us, Mr. Hard. Yes. This is a little poem that I wrote, looking at the sunset over the bay. 
The little white fishermen's cottages were tinged with pink. And I was touched to the quick with the sense of the beauty of nature. My quick had never been so touched. And so, please, must ask you to shut your gobs. And so, so I pen these words. I pen these words. Listen to these beautiful words. A fruit and nut bottler from Ghoul <laughs> fell down in a very large pool. Now he's got a stained suit, seven pounds of squashed fruit, and waterlogged nuts, the great fool. <laughs> Mr. Howard, that Sir. was doggerel. Pathetic, mindless, dull, dismal doggerel. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you liked it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Listen to my poem yes. and see what a real poem should be like. Smith's poems are always awfully good. <laughs> I have swum in the cold, cruel river. I am pale and naked. I shake and shiver. I put my clothes on with a trembling hand. I am lost in this strange and distant land. Who am I? Am I really a professor? No, you're just an old Welsh dresser. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Hart. What? I don't think you're a genuine poet. I think you're a sued. A genuine poet? A sued? How rude. Now admit it, Mr. Howard, you're a phony. Me a phony? What baloney? <laughs> There's no need to say everything in rhyme. I can't help it. I do it all the time. You're an idiot. You can never write a decent word. Don't call me an idiot, niece, or I'll kick you in the very teeth. Oh, how clever. It sends me into joyous trances to contemplate the wit of Francis. <laughs> you call that wit? What a farce. Shut up or I'll kick you in the brief. Wait a minute. I'll kick you in the briefcase. Tut, tut, what smut? No, don't clap, she want money. I told her this is an audition, yes. I know what I'd do to you if you were a nut. And the next line has been cut. Howard, if yes. I may make so bold, for all this cut and thrust, you're getting old. What? I'm getting old? I'm flabbergasted to hear that from you, because you are past it. What? You suggest that I am past it? My flabber has never been so ghasted. You annoyed him there, and that's a fact. Of course she has. She's pinched my act. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, titty ye not at this load of silly old rot. For it is truly a bitter mess, and we must go home a titterless. Oh, hist, here comes the fairy queen. Much too long at the ball you've been. Hurry on home before midnight strikes. Where the hell are we now? Wait a minute, what the hell's going on? Oh, let's get back to rest of one of the earlier sketches. Boris! Hello, English spy. We have our ways of making the ball. Well, that's a change. Another whip round. Now, here is your meal. Potatoes and cabbage. Oh, Esmeralda. Oh, oh, that's it then for the night. Thank you very much. You've been a marvellous... Uh, thank you. You've been a marvellous audience. I, uh, that's all for my memoirs this week. Next week, I shall be telling you about some more of the fantastic and marvellous achievements that fill Francis's scrapbook. I shall tell you about Francis the Sportsman. How I'd shut him out. How? How I tried to swim the English Channel, but three miles before reaching the French coast, I got cramped and had to swim back. 
shall tell you how thou, Francis, the inventor, how I cross an Alsatian with some emotion and got a dog that paints lampposts. <laughs> I shall not forget to tell you about Francis, the artist, how I wanted to paint Raquel Welsh in the nude, but she wouldn't let me take my clothes off. <laughs> so goodbye, God bless, the best of luck, thank you. You've been listening to Frankie Howard's illustrious memoirs, starring, of course, the illustrious Frankie Howard, with June Whitfield, Ray Fell, and Alwyn Griffiths, and the Bill McGuffey Quartet. The memoirs were written by David McKellar and David Nobbs, and produced by David Hatch. (laughs) 